0: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com extras brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is the latest tribe talk. That's not the name of this podcast. though. uh, Jordan Baston joins me here. Maybe Tribe Talk should be the name of that. although that's kind of uh, not very original. But JB, you're in Kansas City. You're about to pick up some Oklahoma Joe's, which is actually that's not the name of Oklahoma Oklahoma Joe's either. It's Joe's Kansas City, correct? Yeah, but you know, I'm uh
1: you know, I'm old school, so I give a shout out to Oklahoma Joe. Oklahoma although Joe's. yeah, it's Joe's Kansas City now.
0: Uh quick ranking of uh, Kansas City Barbecue Places top three go
1: uh oklahoma joe's uh, joe's kansas city is my number one nationally uh make sure i always go there when i'm here it's the part ambience you're in a gas station you have to wait in line out the door and then i buy up some of the barbecue sauce bring it home and have some good summer grilling with it when i'm back in ohio um everyone else is second q Q39 39's really good that one's climbed the charts and then uh i think everyone else was tied for
0: third I'll,
1: i gotta give a Special shout out to slow's Barbecue in Detroit, though that's
0: that's high on the list as well. That is very high on the list. I gotta go Char Bar number one. If you haven't tried that, give that a shot. And then uh, probably Q39. And then and then then it's a tie for me. Oklahoma Joe's, Jack Stack, what have you. So we solved well, we, that major guess, life issue. Yeah, uh, I guess we can't be friends anymore because Joe's is number one and it's not even close. Yeah, I just you know. There's something about walking out of a place with the you know reeking of barbecue sauce and gasoline that uh um, I don't know if that adds or takes away from the ranking. That's but, what's so great um, about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Indians, the Indians are in first place, right? Uh, Two game lead as we record this going into Tuesday. Lost to the Royals on Monday night. Uh, you know one takeaway, JB, is they've been playing better ball on the road uh, here lately. Of course, I mentioned the loss Monday night, but they still won seven of their last eleven games away from Cleveland. They had lost 12 of 23 on the road prior to that. So, uh, you know, going on the road uh, and always the West Coast trips are always difficult, but but to kind of maintain uh, their their place in the division has been encouraging. Yeah, I think, I mean, as far back as baseball goes, I think the kind of the
1: general philosophy for a good team is to take care of business at home, you know, have your home field advantage, and then you hope to play around 500 and in a great scenario a little bit better and on these west coast swings especially uh this takes a lot out of teams that have to go to the west coast and who can lose in their last at bat and so yeah. i think the fact that you're you're looking at a road trip here where they could come away with a winning record or right around 500 i mean that's a win in the with the way baseball works so i think it's been a really encouraging road trip so far and yeah they lost lost the first one in kansas city but it was a two-to-one game and it's kind of a lot of little things that, that kind of fit them. But I think you'd rather lose those close ones and know that you played pretty well than get blown out or something. And obviously they took care of Kansas City uh,
0: quite well when they were back in Cleveland last time. Yeah, there was not a lot going on offensively uh, for either team on Monday night. But one conversation that kind of came out of that was the continued struggles hmm. of Jan Gomes. Uh, mm-hmm. Now has a 169 average for the season. Uh, 208 on base percentage, 349 slugging percentage. Geez, over his last 12 games, he's four for 37. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it a couple times. There's been a couple times a season where you know he, he does get a clutch hit uh, of some sort, and you think, okay, maybe that's what's going to spring him, but it just hasn't happened.
1: Yeah, and I think that the clutch hits uh, or the RBIs. I mean, that's one thing that Terry Francona keeps pointing to, and I think it's because you know, he doesn't want beyond to keep hearing how bad he's hitting. He he wants to try and emphasize the positive, which is he almost has as many RBIs as hits, which is good. The problem is there's not that many hits, um, so it's been pretty discouraging. He had that one hot stretch where he homered in three straight games, and you kind of thought maybe he was turning a corner. And you know, I mean, really, the Indians are kind of in a tough spot here, where all they can really do is wait for him to get out of this funk because Myrtle Perez is still shelved for at least another month or two, and Chris Jimenez, while well, he's been playing admirably and handling the pitching staff well, which is what you want from your backup, and he's also hitting under 200 as well. And he's been playing almost half as much lately. So you can tell Francona has, you know, yeah, Jan missed a couple games with injury on the road trip, but you can tell he's trying to mix in Jimenez more. He's kind of Trevor Bauer's personal catcher and you know, trying to pick spots here and there to not only give Jan Gomes a rest or a mental break here and there, but Ryan and balance getting them hot as well. And there were a, a few situations on Monday in Kansas City where he came up with runners on late and both times grounded into a double play. And we've seen him some at bats go up with batting gloves on, and other at bats he doesn't have batting gloves, or he's been wearing glasses lately. And then last night in his last at bat, he went up without his glasses on. So I wonder how much he's in his own head, too, with this. And I think that's kind of a, a big part of the battle for Jan right now is just to try not to get you know as the old cliche goes try not to get two or three hits in one at bat. Uh he's got to kind of chip away at this and realize that batting average is going to look ugly for a while but you know he can
0: he won a silver slugger 2 years ago so it's in there. It's pretty crazy. He got 29 hits, 27 RBIs. So uh yeah, that's uh at least when he has had the hits they they've <laughs> come in good spots. but right geez, that's, it's just an odd uh odd season line for Mr. Gomes. Uh you know, during this trip, there was a report out there about Michael Brantley and, and concern from the club that he'll be out for a significant period of time. And, you know, JB, I'd say that concern was fairly obvious when they put him back on the DL. Uh, I believe our, our good friend Paul Hoynes, who I think is going to Oklahoma Joe's with you, if I'm not mistaken, he called it sensationalizing the obvious, which I thought was a good description. But um, yeah. it, it just seems like kind of a status quo situation. They, this is a delicate situation. It's going to be probably. Uh, Uh, a long-lasting situation because it's such a slow progression when you're waiting for that shoulder to respond.
1: Right. I I think it was a case where something we've known locally kind of got national attention because one uh, national columnist got some information and put it out there. And it was really vague. It was like, we'll miss a significant amount of time. Well, what's your definition of a significant (laughs) amount of time? I, I would wager that he's already missed a significant amount of time. And uh, if it's another week or two, uh, bad of that value, that's significant. So it's not like uh, the news was he's done for the year. Uh, You know, we talked to Barry Franconi yesterday, and he said Brantley continues to progress through the soft-toss stages, hitting program. You know, all the reports have been as expected so far from the medical staff. And uh, Tito said he's looking forward to getting back to Cleveland to the homestand to kind of get a, you know, face-to-face um, meeting with Brantley to see where things stand, and see if he's close to advancing the batting practice on the field, which he might be when they head home. So, yeah, I think when he went on the DL the second time, I think just for those of us who've been around this situation since day one of spring training, but even dating back to the off season, you know, we we've known it was going to be a while, and you know, you felt like it was almost a miraculous recovery when he came back as quickly as he did. Um, and maybe in hindsight, maybe they did bring him back too soon, but as we've discussed ad nauseum on this podcast, how did you? How would anyone have known? You know, if Brantley's saying, I feel great, I'm bouncing back great, I'm ready, and that's the the focal point of your offense, and a guy that you trust, that a leader in that clubhouse and on the field, you're going to trust him. You know, you're going to put him in the lineup. You're going to activate him, and unfortunately, it turned out he wasn't ready. You know, so now they want to make sure they're not starting and stopping the They bring him back when he can play for the duration of the season, and so maybe we're looking at a a second half, or you know, uh, maybe after the All-Star break, or closer to August. Who knows?
0: Another guy who's banged up in a different way: Juan Uribe. He suffers a testicular contusion. This is a family podcast reminder. (laughs) Yeah, any any young kids out there listening? Either cover your ears, or if you're your starting a garage band, if you're starting garage band, testicular contusion. You can do a lot worse than that as a band name. But uh, suffers that on a 106 mile an hour Mike Trout bouncer Ooh. to third base, and then asked why he didn't wear a cup. ebay says, "I don't think the trainers have my size." So the quote of the year competition is officially closed. But um, boy, <laughs> I think the, the that is the ultimate old oh boy experience. right there.
1: The best part of that exchange, and it, that, this will go down as one of the funniest interviews we've ever done, the best part is while we're all laughing after that response, he turned to the translator and he said, why are they laughing? <laughs> so he, uh, apparently the cup is a, it's a, it's a big issue for, for Juan. Um, yeah. He, uh, yeah. yeah, he said he said there might not be any more babies. Uh, maybe no more little Uri- Uribe's, but he was feeling better, and oh, maybe he'll get back to uh B P soon and, and back in that lineup. This has been uh, an odd week for testicular contusion. Jan Gomes missed a couple games with it as well. Uh on this same road trip as Terry Farcona said, we're getting good at this, you know, in terms of the protocol and you know what guys have to go through and and all that. But yeah, that was uh I think we've heard so many Juan Uribe stories and uh we Cleveland writers finally got our Juan Uribe moment uh
0: yesterday in Kaufman
1: Stadium, Susan clubhouse.
0: Well, you mentioned no more children for Uribe, and that's a shame because his four his four children are Juan Luis, Juani, Yanni, <laughs> and Johani. So uh, <laughs> number five, we'll, we'll have to wait. Uh, Juanita or, or whatever number five was going to be, will will uh, obviously have to wait till the testicular contusion calms down. Uh, last thing, JB, the draft. Uh, <laughs> yes. Indians took uh, a lot of college guys. I think it was a 23-18 to ratio college to high school um, and a lot of college pitchers in in particular. Uh, But they began the draft with a high school outfielder, Will Benson, uh, attending the draft myself. I I got to meet Will and really impressed by him. I know they're very impressed by him as well.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, doing this 11 years now and we always get those first conference calls with the players. And two guys... That I've covered have stood out in terms of being kind of blown away by the level of maturity on the first impression. And Francisco Lindor was the one other one, and then Will Benson this year. You know, I think as you as you know, uh, Mark Newman, one of our fellow reporters, passed along a little anecdote from when he was touring New York. You know, when they were at Yankee Stadium, he posed for a picture between plaques of Jackie Robinson and Nelson Mandela, and then proceeded to read all the Mandela quotes. And uh, when we got on the conference call, he was speaking about how he was so thankful that the Indians are giving him this platform to impact Cleveland and impact the world. And, hey, you know, on the one hand, you want to say, hey, slow down, kid. You haven't even seen a professional pitch yet. But on the other hand, I mean, this, this is a kid who sounds very mature, sounds advanced beyond his years, um, has big goals and big aspirations for himself, And he has a big swing, too, so I think that's why the Indians love him. They love the whole package, very polished, very powerful. And, you know, we heard similar things from Lindor when he was a 17-year-old, and, you know, you kind of had the same reaction. And now he's very, very uh, prominent in helping out with the MLB Urban Youth Academies and the RBI program. He's one of the best shortstops in the game. So if Will Benson follows a similar path, it will be uh, remarkable for the Indians.
0: Well, he's saying all the right things. He talked up uh, MLB.com. He talked up the city of Cleveland. He talked up uh, MLB Central, uh, the, the show I contribute <laughs> to on uh, MLB Network. So this guy's uh, quickly becoming one of my favorites. So, yeah, we'll see how he progresses in his Marley career. Until then, uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I want to thank Jordan Bashan for joining us as he does each week. This has been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians Edition.